There she is, Captain. Isn't she a beauty? Yes, she is, Mr. Scott. Is she ready to go? Aisa, she's ready to go to the stars. This is the 300th episode of the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. Its mission to seek out new ideas, find new games, and to boldly bring the awesome to your game. Mr. Scott, Warp 9. I Captain. And now, our host... This is Bruce. This is John. This is Trav. This is Rich. This is Pixie. Welcome to the Tri-Tac Games Podcast. Your podcast of going into the night and finding out that you're not alone. You're altered and changed. Blah, blah. I want to drink your ripple. <laughs> I don't drink wine. Ripple is not wine. <laughs> um, this week we are talking about vampires in Bureau 13 and uh, why haven't they taken over the place and killed off all the humans? They're the dam. So, one, depending on how old you are, you can't speak the language because you're dead, so you can't learn. And in some cases, you died when you, you, you if you're, uh, depending on how old you are, you, you don't look very good. Uh, you have a hard time using technology. You can't learn anything. And also, you can't get satisfied doing certain acts because you're dead. <laughs> the little bits of vampire fiction I've read, nine times out of ten, they're just, they seduce. They don't actually do the deed as they it would. And again, we have, we have to kind of consummate. Thank you. We have to kind of use these euphemisms because we have kids play the games and listen. Yeah. That part of the body is useless. But they're still mm-hmm. taking the hot chicks and the hot guys out of the dating pool. <laughs> they're still eliminating them from being available to me. <laughs> as if they ever were. They <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and they're hard <laughs> for life. Yeah. Just keep so buying those little pink pills. Even if, let's say, the person that got transformed wasn't all that good looking to begin with, okay, you have this rather homely looking vampire. They still got mind control, so it don't matter anyways. If you could sit there and, you know, do a little bit of a mental how you doing, you know, you're going to get the hot person anyway, so. They use their Jedi mind tricks. But yeah, it just, yeah, that that kind of bugs me about, I mean, most vampires, they've been, even early on, they were romanticized because even... You know, back the the movie Dracula with Bela Lugosi. Yeah, he was an older guy, but still, he. I mean, he was still relatively suave 
debonair. You just thought he was an eccentric guy living up in a castle. You didn't know that he was going to sit there and, you know, deplete your blood supply. He just was that aristocratic-looking European, which that demeanor and that archetype kind of looks attractive anyways. That smooth, yeah. suave, He's you know... He's a eccentric man who lives in a castle. There's money. Right, yeah. Often that will make people look away from appearance. Right. I'm trying to remember what his nationality was, but he didn't speak English initially, and he also was coming off of a successful play. Because remember, the the, movie, the first movie, Dracula, was actually based on a, on a Broadway play starring Bela Lugosi. Ah. Yes, that's correct. Oh, okay. And he had to learn all his lines phonetically because he didn't speak English. Ah, yes, that's right. Oh, yeah, I'm blanking on what nationality he was, too. Yeah, I'm... I'm going to go with Armenian because that always seems to be the go-to. Yeah. I can't be wrong. Yeah, of course, depending on when he came over, it may also have been, you know, that country may not exist anymore, too, so... Yeah, maybe uh, one of our listeners will actually go and post and let us know what what it was. (laughs) So, okay, so, but you brought up the fact that, you know, okay, he's aristocratic and things like that. Here's another problem with, with a vampire. Because they don't die, they the, the, the power never gets transferred from hand to hand, okay? They're always going to be the ruler. And if you live in a world in which rulership is, is a, uh, a right uh, given by God, that means that anybody who goes against you is therefore committing a sin. So your evil, you know, will never go away, you know, and if, again, if I quote the Bible, the, the whole idea was is that, you know, you wanted pe- people, they, uh, they said that, you know, people were only given, tw- um, you know, four, four, and ten so that their evil would not continue forever. And a vampire, it continues forever. You, you know, until, unless you kill this guy, that whatever evil he does, he gets to keep on doing it. You know, and if he's powerful and they tend to be powerful and rich and all those things, none of that ever changes hands. There's no cycling through the generations. There's no, you know, revolution of, you know, uh, it's basically, it's a, it creates a stagnant society because you have this top heavy group that is running everything because they've been around long enough to amass power and wealth so that they can, whether they might be doing it from behind the scenes, but they're still doing it. Oh, yeah, they're doing things like, oh, we're going to will it to this person, and it just happened that that person just happens to be the next identity they assume. Yeah. So essentially you end up with the same person, the same ideas, the same point of view, Century after century, never changing. That's a bad. That's a bad recipe for a society. Well, yeah. I mean, basically, when Prince Dracula, which is what he was, he was a prince. Uh, you know, if he, he was a vampire, he, you know, he basically would have a hard time dealing with the changes around him. You know, his his his, his country's gone; has been taken over by other people, and he's no longer king. But the, you know, he still acts like he's king of his of a country. And that's another problem, too. Well, John, if he really was, you know, if, if Dracul really was Dracula, I'm not too sure that, that other people would be running his country, okay? I think he'd be yeah. a lot more like, you know, Dr. Doom in Lavernia. Yeah. 
That yeah, that's true. Running everything from behind, it definitely would never have gone communist. <laughs> right. I mean, just, I'm just saying is that you know people who have this kind of power and have the chance to amass it with the the abilities that they have, you know, they're going to consolidate. They're going to make you know agreements with these these uh, you know the, you know with people because they know that the humans are going to die. And they're going to still live. And so, you know, whatever deal they make, as long as they get what they want, then, you know, they're going to continue forward. But people who, once people realize that the vampires are there, then all of a sudden they're like, wait a second, you know, we, you know, it's like term limits. We, we can't have this guy in charge forever. You know, we've got to somehow deal with this eternity aspect of this character and make it so that do what's good for society, whether it's, you know, after so many years, your, your wealth has to go to someone else or get confiscated, or we have to, we have to basically militarily go in and take it away from you. Yeah, and if he and if he's of the type that's really a stick in the mud, he's been doing his dangdest to keep technology out to keep because it's, he doesn't understand it. You keep saying that, John, and I, you know, th- that's okay I, if you want to go that way. Yeah, but there's no reason to assume that people can't change over the years. That a new that an old dog can't learn new tricks. I mean, that's that's your. If little the dog thing. was alive, yeah. Well, you know, dead. again, he's. He, he, <laughs> I mean, we have a dead person here, okay? But he's he's still able to do all these other things. I don't see why he can't learn too, you know. Well, that's making a blessing than a cur- rather than a curse. I'm, I'm th- as a curse, there should be no. I, 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 my point of view, if it's a curse, there should be no upsides to it. Sure, you're super strong, but you gotta sleep in dirt every night. Yes, you 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 can control people, but only to drink their blood. You know things like that. It should never. It should really. I. I don't want. I, I. This is why I hate a lot of the modern vampire stories because they. They're all upside with no downside. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think they've really done that where they've they've removed the curse side of it. But okay. Yeah. But to give credit to your point of view, John. Okay, someone who is like this, who is eternal, who basically has a mindset that's basically frozen, you know, uh, uh, at the moment of their death and rebirth, okay, they're going to want things to be very conservative. They're not, you're right. They're not going to want things to change. So yes, they're going to be anti-technology. They're going to be anti-social revolution. They're going to want everything to stay just the way they are. They're going to be the most reactionary of religious you can imagine because they want everything to be as eternal as they are. So yeah. Yeah. You know, you're going to find a lot of people basically chafing at the bit, you know, because they're in a world where it doesn't seem to matter what they think or what they do. Nothing really substantial seems to change until basically you have a revolution. Well, because they see that the technology that they have, let, let's just take a look at technology even back with the printing press. Let's say you had a vampire that had been around for hundred, and all of a sudden here comes the printing press where that means because you can more easily create information and record it, that gets disseminated faster. People get smarter. People get, they, they become more critical thinkers. Somebody who's that conservative is not going to want that. So they'll deny it then. And then imagine, okay, they've managed to get Okay, we've ad- okay, let's say I'm a vampire lord. Okay, I've adapted the concept of the book. Oh, great. So now we have 
information that can be transmitted anywhere in the world at the snap of a finger. The telegraph. Even the telegraph. I was talking, you know, internet. But yeah, even the telegraph would make it where they would just be like, no. Now my... This is totally getting out of hand. <clears throat> yeah, right. And they're going to want to nip this in the bud post-haste. Republicans. Oh. <laughs> oh, I see. I knew somebody was going to do that. Yeah. <sighs> right. So, the the romantic, you know, um, oh, uh, uh, a vampire that that's you know, like I said, the, the Chelsea Quinn Yar uh, Quinn Yarborough vampire is probably the most positive vampire you can imagine because he's debonair, he's he's uh, very um, you know uh, polite, he's rich, he's aesthetic, you know, he loves. You know, to, uh, he never wears the same outfit twice because he has all these couturiers working for him. You know, he's the he's the power behind the throne, and he's you know working to make everybody around him happy because that makes his world more stable. You know, he 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 basically does. You know, he he wants to keep things in some ways the same. Uh, be, because, he, you know, again, he likes it that way. But at the same time, he's always got this thing where he's got a moral center where he's trying to make everybody, you know, a, a, the world a better place. And that's a really long distance away from the way most vampires are portrayed. You know? Yeah. So, so uh, you know, if, if vampire, you know, if the knowledge of vampires came out, you know, eventually, I think again that we'd end up with wars because people just wouldn't be able to tolerate these people being in power for centuries unless everybody's, you know, gets immortality. Well, here's the thing: it it boils down to this: just humans fear what they don't understand. Here's this person that, due to this curse now has all these abilities that basically make them gods. Humanity's just going to wipe them out because of that general trait of ours. We fear what we don't understand. And they might only be seen at certain times, but other than that, you don't perceive any downside unless you confront them directly. Well, yeah, you're seeing they're super seeing, strong, they're super fast, we got the mental abilities, transformation abilities. Yeah, you see all these benefits with no perceivable downsides. The normal person's going to think, oh, why can't I have that? It's like, oh, you need to go, yeah. If I can't have it, neither should you. Right, Okay. Let's see here. So we did economic, we did religious, we did the whole fairness aspect, we did the... <clears throat> okay, so is there any other reason why vampires and humans just can't get along? I think the, I think the religious would just count where vampires just give off the creepy vibe. It's just part of the whole undead thing. It's just an unnatural... Sort of like spiders. I'm not talking animal mind reaction. We're talking, oh, we're talking the reptilian mind, that fight or flight, that deep core animalistic. We're talking proto animalistic something reaction. Something even people, even some people could recognize. There is something not right about this. It's something that just you see this person, and, and they evoke such a reaction from such a core of the brain, which they call the reptilian mind, the high brain. It's something that we've consciously forgotten.
because we've become so civilized. We've become so civilized, so we consciously we've forgotten that part of ourselves. But when something that unnatural is nearby, bash it with a rock. Yeah, you want to, or you want to just run. And that—that's not. Yeah, it is the fight or flight. As I said, it's it's and it's not an animal mind reaction. No, animal mind reaction. It 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 just goes so deep that reptilian mind is the only thing. The three levels you have. We have our typical civilized human mind. Okay, fine. Then we have the animal mind, which is a lot of our emotional responses. Reptilian mind goes further. We're talking the very base desires. And a vampire usually gives off, again, the supernatural evil vampire. We're not talking contagious. The supernatural evil vampire affects humans just around them on that level. Like Eric the Enabler used to say, and sometimes creepy is still creepy. Where you just, you're like, inside you're just screaming, get this thing away from me, I'm going to kill it. So I would think just that, in and of itself, you see a creature that just holds such a level of deep, dark, supernatural evil wrapped up in a relatively nice-looking package, you don't want it around you. It needs to go. Yeah, I'd say the closest exa- uh, example of that, that is where you see somebody with their pet tarantula and you just want to squash that tarantula with a sledgehammer right onto their face. <laughs> Especially when they're going, oh, he's cute, here, here, pet him. And, and it's, it's like it's like it all has to be eradicated. So, all right. You know, I think so- I have the ultimate story on that. Oh, if somebody dropped a seven foot boa around my shoulders, and the snake immediately took a dislike to me and began to constrict around my throat, I <laughs> seven science fiction fans full grown into the kitchen with me as I grabbed a butcher knife, and nobody. <laughs> Believe I dragged seven people with me, <laughs> and they finally got it off. <laughs> oh, we. All right, so I, I, cl- so clearly, um, vampires, you know, um, and and such creatures would have to really keep keep themselves unknown to the general populace in order for them to survive. Uh, and let, you know, because if they if they came into a war against humanity, if they won, they would still lose because they'd end up having to have so many of them to in order to defeat humanity that they would destroy their own feeding supply. And humanity would have to come up with such massive types of weaponry that destroying them, the collateral damage would be spectacular and not in a right. good way. And Bureau 13 ages, and so this is important to inform GMs and the players in the game that when you're in a situation where you run into this type of creature, that you, you are actually fully justified in engaging in, you know, uh, what's the term? Uh, termination with extreme prejudice. Yep. I mean, yeah. you don't actually, you really don't have to show mercy. I mean, maybe you, you need to make sure that they're, as we, as we talked about in Bureau 13, that they're not forming it. They don't hold some kind of ecological niche that they need to be there. Okay. But most of the time you're, it's like, oh, you're a vampire. We got to get rid of you right now because you've exposed yourself 
we know you're there and therefore, you know, whatever, you know, you're doing something wrong and we need to get rid of you right now. And so th that kind of extreme reaction, even th though under most circumstances would be considered wrong, might actually be might be the modus operandi for creatures like that. Just the way pretty much every time you run into a demon, everyone's like, you know, cut it down, destroy it, send it back to hell right now, right this very second. Yeah, I mean, in, in modern day, any spate of bodies being drained of blood will promptly get a, a team there, right then and there, and it'll start tracking you, start tracking that vampire. Yeah, if there's any morgue that comes up and they put up, yeah, we found a guy drained of blood and he had puncture marks. Um, generally, Josie, the Bureau, they their, their computer network, things just come up and like certain keywords, peg, like something like that. So it'll be, it would be like... It would ping on the Bureau's radar. Death, yeah. And it'll ping on there because drink blood puncture marks will ping on the thing. Or a person who committed suicide by slitting the wrists, but there was no blood at the scene. Yeah, see, those type of things, the Bureau would be sent in, they would get the mysterious message or the, you know, the the drop note or whatever, the their, their secret email... I'm pretty sure these days it's an encrypted email. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, encrypted email. Go to this particular city and check this out because this happened. And they would know that's a vampire. Yeah, we need to. Yeah, or, yeah, or there's a, been a rash of arsons with people dying in every arson. <laughs> right. that vampire thought he's being clever and he's going to burn the bodies. Right, or like Instant Blood where the heads are all, all the victims are decapitated with, you know, by, you know, you know like shotgun blasts. Yeah, now the hard, the hard one though is people go missing. If they're smart, and I did this in the, in the, the Saturday game I'm running with Josie and her mother and um, a few other people, they're going after the people you don't really miss. Homeless people, people in the shelters, street people, people that are not, you don't shed a tear if they're gone. You don't even notice them. Right. So they're gone. So there's I, nothing to notice. So I actually had the characters doing legwork going to Detroit homeless shelters and saying, okay, have you had any people who left suddenly and they just, well, yeah, they did, but we can't stop them from leaving. And it's like, Okay, but they noticed a pattern and they started putting together that, yeah, there are certain people that are, they were fine here and all of a sudden they're gone. No word, no nothing. There was no indication that they wanted to leave, but all of a sudden they're missing. Here's something that's actually kind of fun to do with that sort of situation. A lot of these kinds of organizations you're talking about, Trav, are funded by the government. And they're funded based upon a certain population using those services. So when that population starts decreasing for unknown reasons, the people who are running the service get really concerned because they're because they they might lose their funding if this doesn't stop. Yeah. Well, either government or their religious base, like you have the Salvation Army and you have um uh I'm trying to think of Detroit ones like Forgotten Harvest and Gleaner's Food Center and all that. Yeah, they're either government or religious, and either way, they, they, they're going to notice that drop in they'll patronage. Be, they'll be the only ones that notice people missing because they rely on those. Right. They get funding based on the number of people. Oh, we've had an increase of 
5%, well, we're going to need to apply for more funding because of the fact that we have a bigger strain on resources now by the increased patronage. Right. So, yeah, so those things would also ping on, yes, the Bureau's computer network is that invasive. The, the Bureau, I, they would ping and you'd is. get sent in. We've had a sudden drop in homeless shelters and a sudden rise in morgues of people with no blood in them. And well, it's a new I brand imagine. of sausage on, on the market. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those, oh, two, yeah. those two things happening close Dude. together. Yeah. That gets a team set there. I mean, oh, yeah, easily. And then you there, like yeah. yesterday. Get the crosses and the garlic. You're going in, you're going in uh, vampire hunting. Yeah, or the vampire thinks he's being clever on one of these video dating services where he tries doing his powers over the cameras, like, not, not going to work, and it'll get put on the internet, and people are going, what is he doing? Oh, he's a vampire. Okay. <laughs> we'll still have a date and take care of him. You know? All right. All right. Well, uh, we're, we're, we've been doing this for a while, so let's move on to basically the final area that I wanted to talk about, and that is mm. that let's assume – you know, through some strange machination that the vampires, you know, are able to control their feathers. They don't drink too much and all these other things. And they become they become public like they did in True Blood, okay? And they want to integrate into society. And they want the humans to trust them. So what are the benefits that the vampires can bring to society? What are the things they can do that basically, that, that, that are really really helpful that human beings otherwise would not be able to do or wouldn't want to do well for one if you have particularly old vampires they may have actually seen certain events in history that otherwise we would never know about we would never know what really happened okay historians would be all over these people i was i was thinking just going down the route of Okay, you have people who are super fast, super strong, resistant to most forms of, of harm, and they have these abilities. They would make fantastic law enforcement or military, and just as long as you give them a steady supply of what they need to survive, oh, you would win across the board. Oh, we need to go raid this particular thing because it... Send in that particular squad. Send in the fangbangers. Thank you. Thank you. That's a nice term. I like that. Send in the fangbangers and boom, that problem's done because they're emptying clips into these guys thinking they're just cops and they just got that look like, you really don't know what you're up against, do you? Swipe. You know, just... If it... Also, there's another benefit. If it is a military-based operation, you're not worried about taking the enemy alive... Right, you're in the you're in the military. Yeah, right, exactly. You get you do you get free food, right? And I'm going to leave aside the whole idea of having people with these kinds of powers actually empower over you, um, because like I said, we're assuming a very positive type of reaction of society to them. Okay, but also your rescue workers. Okay. Oh, that too. Yeah. Firemen, they get burned, but they heal. You know, they they'll crash into the most dangerous of situations because you know they're probably going to survive it, and they they'll they can endure situations that a normal firefighter just wouldn't be able to even attempt. Because if you're dead, you don't need and, to breathe, so smoke inhalation isn't a problem. And also, if you have a type that 
isn't bothered by water. And you have these huge storms going on, they can charge in and get people that have just gone under. Yeah. They don't need to raise. So like lifeguards that, you know, don't have to worry about, you know, that kind of damage. Or the Coast Guard. Right. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. That'd be another one good one. Yeah. Of course, the, you forget all the obvious ones. Sports teams. The first football team that has a set of vampire linemen will win will go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, see though, then you'd have to have a vampire. You yeah, see that that no. Yeah, you you're gonna end up with vampires being on every sport team. You'd have to. They'd have to be all vampire teams. The Olympic the Olympics, I mean, basically you know, when it comes down to the sport team, they say, Okay, we, we, we have for the humans and then we have for the for the supernatural. Right. Because we you can't put them together. You have two leagues. You know. You'll have to have two leagues, right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. And medical professionals, doctors. Matter of fact, the bureau has one, yes. But but yes. why well why would a vampire be better as a doctor? Faster. Better senses. Less resistant to disease. He won't you could send him into any medical emergency and he's not gonna pick up anything. Yeah, he'd be a great person to send into an outbreak situation. Yes. Dr. Jeffrey Gladstone, a I believe he's from Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm explaining to Josie, I don't know if she got that far. Uh basically he was turned into a vampire and now works the night shift at a Toronto hospital. Needless to say, things like toxicology and serology, he seems to be an expert at for some strange reason. Well, yeah, yeah, it it makes sense. You could send them into an outbreak situation where you have to get in there and try and treat people so it doesn't spread farther, but you can't risk contaminating your own. Contamination. You can't make a corpse sick, so he just walks in and you know takes care of business. Well, he still needs to be cleaned up afterwards. I mean, if he goes into a place where there's Ebola, Ebola, he still's got to be cleaned up afterwards. Wow. You know, I'm also thinking uh, along the line of working as in surgery, but he could also, if it doesn't require you know like uh, deep pain, he doesn't need anesthesia. He will feel no pain. <laughs> And they won't. Well, yeah, okay, but that's, <laughs> I don't see how that's benefiting society, but okay. Well, for him, for his point of view, it means it allows him to work emergency where things need to be done really quick and they can't get as, 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 as Anesthetics? Yeah, yeah, Anesthetics? No, the guy who does, who does it, you know, who basically goes, oh, wait. Feel no pain. Sleep. Okay, let's go work on her. You know. <laughs> well, yeah, you could use those mental domination things. Use use the mind powers to put them out. Yeah. Your legal system. If you had a vampire that was able to read people's minds, mm. well, you could definitely get to the bottom of almost all you know legal cases, right? Uh, you know what? I remember there's a guy who does who writes about this stuff about legal stuff and. You'd have to prove that he's not actually lying about what he's reading from people's minds. Well, then, like, each <laughs> each side has their own... It was like they did in Babylon 5. Each side has yeah. their own telepaths. Yeah, so you have Issa, you know, and yeah, Issa would have their own person who can determine truth or, truth or 
or, or falsehood, and and then you have arguments over who's who, who who's most trustworthy of the two. In GURPS in GURPS psionics, they had something called the three telepath system. Basically, you had prosecution, defense, and then the judge, and it was just a three-way telepathy thing. Boom, 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 and. Yeah, but you yeah. could also demand, in addition to the testimony of the telepath, that there actually be physical evidence to support it as well. They just can't go yeah. and say, well, this is the way it is. We don't need to have a trial here. You say, yeah, we still need to have a trial because we need to present evidence and you need to make sure that whatever you say jives with the evidence. Yeah. Yeah, all also, perception, because we've, we've already determined uh, these days that, that, yeah, people's perception, they'll, they'll remember things that never happened, you know, and that's the other problem. If they really believe that they were, that they were you know, uh, that they saw, they saw a little man walk out, of, walk out of their closets and eat all their bread, then that's what they saw. Uh, even though it may, that may or may not have happened, depending on your situation, uh, the person's perception, especially, especially people who are congenital liars, may actually believe everything they say. And yeah, you can read their mind, and does you absolutely no good whatsoever? Yeah, that's the ticket. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think we're talking about a fairly rare situation, though. But your point is taken. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, well, uh, any type of situation where you need to get rid of a um, toxic element. You know, we talked about disease, but also like you know, working at a nuclear power plant, uh, some of these um, dioxin spills, things like that, where you need people to go in and clean things up. You know, people who are dead, you know, don't have to worry about that sort of thing. Oh God, John um, OSHA, who's your OSHA buddy? Mike Bankowski, agent of OSHA. OSA would be really good to have vampires in because, and, and remember, folks, I, I work at an auto parts warehouse. I deal with chemicals daily. I had a spill today. Now, we have batteries, and <clears throat> not sure if I can, well, no, the investigation's over. We had a rack partially collapse. Now, if, oh, no, no, it was bad. We, we basically... If those batteries had just like hit the floor, the cleanup for that would have been just ungodly horrible. So OSHA, having somebody who can go directly to a site and deal with it and not have to be in all types of garb, uh, PPE, personal protection equipment. Actually, actually, they still do. Because uh, when you talk about radiation... Uh, depending which you know, which 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 you're working with, you the vampire may become radioactive. Well, yeah. If he's not protected, or if you're talking toxic spills. Well, I'm not, I'm not talking radioactive. I'm just talking ke like chem chemical and biological spills. I mean, still like, a vampire would be exemplary for something like that because you know darn well they're not going to be affected. Well, they're not going to worry about getting contaminated, but they still, if you want to make sure everything's safe, you put them, still put them in suits. Yeah. But they don't But they don't have to worry about things like, you know, breathing in that suit. So you can right. actually put them in a suit that's even more secure than any human could, could stand because the vampire doesn't need to breathe. Yeah, well, it's a lot easier to decontaminate somebody if you make sure that they don't ingest, you know, ingest <laughs> nuclear material or sarin or all those other things like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah you still want them in suits just to so it's easier to de you know decontaminate them afterwards. Yeah, because then you just burn the suit. Right. Yeah, or or in case or some case, I, I can it's depending on what it's made of. 
Uh, you could also just you know say, okay, Vlad, uh, stand right there. We're going, we're going to, we're going to uh, laminate you for a second. You'll come right off. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> it'd work. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and Vlad could just turn into mist afterwards and flow out of the the uh, the little plastic statue of himself. Poke a hole and let him come out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, ooh, space travel. Yes, I was mm. trying to get to that. Oh. Oh. Let's explore the solar system now. Yes, that would be incredibly... You don't need to breathe. You don't suffer from... Radi- well, ra- see, solar radiation... You know, they have to protect the people inside those spacesuits from solar radiation anyway, so... Again, a spacesuit without any breathing apparatus. It just yeah. You're just protected. All you need is to be protected from solar radiation. That's it. Yeah. And, you know, all those stars in the sky, by the way, those are suns. Yes. And it, and it doesn't seem to be hurting the vampire walking around at night. Yeah. So well, it's, it could it's be- kind of a distance. It's kind of a, 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 a what am I trying to say? It's a kind of a, a level of, of, of concentration of before, you know, there's, there's got to be a tipping point where after this, the vampire's kind of like, eh, it's no big deal. And, and the light reflects off the moon as well but it doesn't seem to hurt him either so it's basically it's it's not the full force now you put a big mirror up it probably would burn him to you know burn him but if you but if it's just you know the reflected off the moon yeah no moonlight yeah somebody tried doing that and i said no it has to be direct sunlight so but yeah space travel even then a spacesuit just to keep them well no if they're if solar radiation doesn't bother them Breathing doesn't bother them. Pressure? They probably don't want all the fluids inside their bodies boiling out. Right. So you're, they're still going to be in some type of suit, if only to regulate the pressure. But other than that, yeah, they some can... Some kind of pressure suit, but other than that, it would make... If we had something like this, we would have already put... Like a team of them on Mars by now. Oh yeah, we we'd have a populated solar system by now. Yeah. And just yeah, that was something that didn't even come to mind. Space travel. There could be a whole uh, as a very specific thing. They don't seem to be bothered by temperature. Yeah, you could so have a vampire in the Arctic, and have, cold's not going to bother them. You could have an entire colony of vampires on Pluto. Yeah. It's always night there. Yeah. How do you know they aren't already there? Yeah. Ah! (laughs) Yeah. Something like our society, how we have all hours, because for them, it's nighttime at all hours of the day. Yeah. That just reminds you of a bad, was it the the reboot of the Twilight Zone? Was it Twilight Zone or one of them? Actually, had the end of the world. They had the global winter, and it was completely dark out. And of course, the vampires going, "Yeah, it was the outer limits." Outer limits, yeah, yeah. And the vampire is going, "Hey, hey, hey, it's gonna be dark forever." Well, no, it's not gonna be dark forever, but it's dark long enough for you guys to go out and kill everything off that was living. And now you're going after the one, the last guy, because you want it's, someone wants that last meal. Yeah, he's inside <laughs> the shelter, and and there and the vampire and the head vampire is knocking on the door and say, "Come on out and join us." <laughs> Aren't you lonely in there? Yeah. It's gonna be dark forever. And he I, I was I, I the guy say, No, if I stay here for ten years, you guys are screwed. <laughs> you know. But anyway, yeah, yeah. 
So there's also uh, underwater exploration for the same reasons. Oh yeah. Yeah, and they breathing. So all you have to do is again pressure pressurized suit to just regulate their oh regulate the total total exploration of the Marianas uh, Trench. That that one. I was thinking. You're that trying to figure out one. what. Yeah. It's like what's it called? What's it called? That that six mile deep trench. Yeah. Well, and that oh, uh, Challenger Deep. That's the deepest spot in the earth. Uh, that's, yeah, that's actually where, was it Cameron went down there? Yeah. James Cameron. I think he went down there. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but you actually do only actually for vampires, you don't need a suit because you don't breathe. They're not worried about embolisms. You just give them a pair of goggles. So they can see, uh, you make them out of diamond or whatever. And they no, can go you down. John, it's, you know, you just have to equalize the pressure. Okay. So you have yeah. to, you get, yeah, so you have you give them a pair of glasses that compensates for the refraction of the water, and they can see yep. normally, and they just breathe. You know, they just breathe the water in as they go down to just equalize the pressure inside their bodies. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, using the. Oh, that's just. Yeah. You know, that's yep. the whole reason why they first, they wanted to go toward a liquid breathing mixture was so human beings could go to the bottom of the ocean and would be just like walking around because everything would be equalized. Yeah. Yeah, the current oxygenation fluids they're using right now tend to tear up the lungs. Uh, they've tried them on rats, and the rats will breathe the just lungs. fine and then, and then die. <laughs> the lungs aren't strong enough to push in, pull out, or push out, pull in. Yeah, you, it would have it have to be pumped. You actually have to put some sort yeah. of tap on the person to, to, to actually pull it through and then pump it out. <sighs> you know, but then again, yeah, that's yeah, that's not happy. And you also have to get the gut too. So the guts can be full of the stuff too. You want no cavities, <laughs> no open cavities they can crush. So you fill them and we're up. We're made of cavities. Yeah, we're made of cavities. Yeah. And, of course, it does mean he has to make a quick trip to the bathroom when he comes to the surface. Okay, let's see. We get everything as far as how vampires can be used in society? Actually, it, one, back to the space thing, though, because the vampire can do one thing that we really can't do, which is long-term long -term missions. Sure, it takes forever. As long as he has something that gives him the blood supply... You know, which we, you know, you through like artificial, like through uh, artificially grown bone marrow that produces the blood on a constant basis. Right. You can you can send them to you can send them to Alpha Centauri. Right. Colony ships. Well, not I mean, just him, you know, or or a, yeah. a few of them because he may want some kind of society of his own. But yeah, if it takes yeah. three, four hundred years to get to another, um, you know, using a solar sail to get to another solar system, they could do it. Because, you know, they, they're, as John said, you do have to provide them with their blood supply since we're talking about vampires here. Yeah. Right. But assuming you've accounted for that and they have a way of replenishing that supply, yeah, we may have different people manning the station deck home, but that group of vampires out there will get there. Yeah, just basically point them in the direction, like Bruce said, a solar sail. When just yeah, they just and if is they're carrying like you know frozen sperm and and ovum and stuff like that, and some kind of an artificial um, 
uh, womb, then they could colonize those worlds with humans. Yep. Exactly. Well, not just dinner, but again, we're, we're talking about the <laughs> serving society. Preserving humanity. Oh, I thought you said serving society. <laughs> well, that's true, too. But I'm just saying is that, you know, again, we're talking positive aspects here. And so they would take, they would take you know, I'm sure they would, you know, take a part in those societies that are, that, that you know, get created out there in Alpha Centauri, you know. and. Yeah, and they would be able to find the you know the right world in the habitable zone for humans to grow up in and build the habitat for them to live in so that when they actually did decant them out and raise them up as children you know they they would then you know be able to survive that does this reminds me of uh, Larry Niven's protector series you know they're they're all pack protectors is what you're making them out to be and they get to pick one of them they become the new the new protector <laughs> When they start getting too old, right? Yeah, but they're vampires, so you know they don't. And Bruce, don't forget that more than likely, right now we do have an impulse drive. Everything is said that it works. No, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. Richard. It's bunch of bunch of b. It's a bunch of BS. It doesn't sure. matter. Okay. When it's sooner or later, we're going to yeah. have these things. Yeah, we have to be working on it. Work. We know the, the Vasimir drive will actually get you there in thirty-eight days. Trouble is, is building all the necessary infrastructure for it. The M drive works when it's turned off and unplugged and parsed to remove. If it still works, that tells me, oh, wait a second, it's it's fake. So yeah. Anyway, we we probably want to cut that out. Hey, I doubt it. I'm not doing that kind of work anymore. Remember? So just watch. Oh, yeah, right. So yeah, just yeah. watch yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. It's, so, yeah, I, I would love to, to use vampires for space travel and explorations of many kinds, you know, because that's something, that, you know, because of their native uh, toughness and their lack of, of uh, needing resources like food and water and air, uh, make them the perfect space travelers because they can simply endure, you know, uh, hopefully happily, you know, uh, you know, playing uh playing the latest video games on their computers you know, as they go traveling yeah. into the, you know, into the vast yeah. void. Yeah. That means you have to make sure they have a long-term subscription to like for their PS4 when they're, you know, wait, 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 wait where was that again? We got to make another PS4 game for the vampires. Ah, oh, crap. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not, it's not the PS 200, you know? Yeah. That's it's, the problem. Yeah. That's exactly where, you know, they, they, they're still playing games that were written 200 years ago because they're, they don't have the hardware to run the new games now, you know, unless you have like, and, because, you know, you're going to accelerate them out on ships, with, you know, high acceleration, you know, so any ship that you'd want to resupply them with is not going to travel any faster than they are. So you're kind of yeah. stuck with whatever you have. But I'll, I'll have you know that, that, you know, playing those, you know, those Infocom games are just as much fun now as they were. <laughs> <laughs> and we're playing yeah, no, games the created 200, 300 years ago. Yeah. My, well, my favorite, my favorite right now is still Minecraft. So, <laughs> okay. So, uh, is that it on the uh, benefits of vampires to society? For, for the really old vampires, you also have that 
a person who's capable of long-term planning that we sorely lack as a short-lived species. If a vampire's been around for, say, a thousand years, he's learned how to, you know, how to plan for the long term. And you may actually want to consult with him about long-term planning for things. You may say, this global warming you have, we have to do something about it. In the next 200 years, that'll be very hot for me. So we must do something now. And then he lays out a 200-year plan that he will then administer. So you're saying saying that it would be the opposite of being uh, mentally ossified. You're saying they would be visionary. Well, yeah, this is the version that, that would actually help us. So the version that would help us actually isn't ossified. You know, the ones that are ossified, you kill them. The ones that aren't ossified, you, you, you nurture them and keep them going. <laughs> all right. You know, yeah. as you uh, said, all kinds of vampires. Is there any skills that actually take a lifetime to, um, to master? Art. Some people say the, some of the best artists didn't get didn't really hit their stride until they were like in their sixties. Mm-hmm. But then, then you also have the ones who basically they came out of the gate running, and they were like like Mozart, who was yeah. writing music when he was style prodigy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. See, if you play your tropes, then martial <laughs> arts. The older you get, the better you are. So the the old whiz and grandfather type is the guy that'll basically kill everybody in the room. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. And we're, we're assuming European vampires. If you start talking the Chinese jump, you know, leaping vampires, that's a totally different ball of wax. Oh, the hopping vampires, yeah. Well, everything we're saying here is for European style vampires. When you start doing other folks' vampires, then you got to really stay up on them and figure out okay, would a hopping vampire actually want to do anything other than kill you? Again, we are assuming that under these that we're we're talking about vampires that can integrate with society and that's yeah. form of benefit. The other ones we already talked about killing them off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any, any as they say, a clear and present danger is going to be dealt with with humanity if it can. After a certain point, I think that you know you're you're basically taking the skills you have and you're just drawing upon a greater and greater body of experience. Uh, so, but. If there are such skills, then obviously a, a vampire applying themselves to those particular things would be able to reach uh, heights of of um, proficiency. proficiency that a human couldn't, and mm-hmm. would, could in, in a sense be an inspiration to humans, saying, well, "You know, if you really, really work hard and you really, really keep at it, you will, you can actually reach this point." And and so you know, raise our vision as to what's possible and what isn't. Unfortunately, one skill that falls crosses my mind that vampires are really good with, and it's when it takes a lifetime to learn. And since they have many lifetimes, they've actually learned really well. That's con- that's uh, controlling other people. They met them all. They've learned how to control them beyond their mental powers. They 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 you know you were talking they you know they don't act, actually have to use their supernatural powers. They can they know exactly what buttons to push. Psychology. Yeah, yeah. They they are they are basically social sciences, psychology, criminology, sociology, anthropology. Because each person is different, but they're but they, they no, live no. so long they they get that good at reading people. again back and and you in the social sciences Josie anthropology they've seen cultures rise and fall and you brought up the stuff about historical research they know they would sit there and know 
How were the Mayans? How were the Aztecs? How were the Olmecs? Yeah. How were the Incans? Um, they could tell us so much that really yep. happened. Yeah. Because they saw it. But they also, were there. But also, yeah, human nature. You, yeah, they wouldn't need their, their, they wouldn't need their powers just because they've seen, they've seen it all. They know how humans act. They've seen the, the, the best that humanity can do and the worst that humanity can do. I use this term a lot. The comedian Dennis Miller said, mankind can be the most noble and the most barbaric animal on the planet, often within the same 10 second time span. They've seen everything that humans are capable of. So, yeah, the social sciences, they, would, they, are, they are the ultimate social scientists. Somewhere in the Black Forest of Germany, there's, there's Og the Neanderthal vampire. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there. So go explore them. This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. This is Blix. Don't hate the game, hate the players. This is Richard Tahoka. Wait till you see what's coming next. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Yo, brothers. This was the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucker. You best attribute this to the folks at TriTech Games. And if you don't, we'll be having your sorry butts. Cause we're some bad mothers. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org, colon 8027. <laughs> that could be true. <laughs>